Hello everybody and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations. I hope that this finds you well wherever you're listening to this. My name is Tafatzwan Dlovu and thank you for listening to this episode. So on the show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world. Individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I'd love to hear some of your feedback on the episode, either by writing us a review or giving us a five-star rating in the podcast app that you're listening to right now, or by heading over to our website, which is impactfulconversations.co.za. We also have a YouTube channel where you can go there and search Impactful Conversations, and you'll find us over there as well. We also have a newsletter that we do every month with some of the content from our episodes, along with some interesting pieces that we have come across. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Impactful Conversations. We are back with episode 35, which I'm absolutely thrilled uh, to introduce to you today. I will introduce my guest shortly. Um, before I do that, I just want to thank you so much uh, for the wonderful community that you're a part of, uh, for the engagement that you have with us, for the feedback that you've given us, and for listening to the show and watching the show. Uh, we really, really are, you know, really proud of the community that we have built and look forward to continuing to build that community. And without further ado, let me introduce my guest, uh, Dintlet Zawake. Uh, she is the co-founder and managing director of Linton Consulting, uh, who are in mining, construction, training and recruitment. Uh, Linton Consulting provide uh, high value or they provide value uh, through high quality and globally inspired mining and construction solutions. Uh, Lintley is a mining engineer. Uh, she did the mining engineering at the University of Witwatersrand, uh, just up the road uh, from where I'm, well, not up the road, but just around the city from where I'm recording currently. Uh, to me, she is one of the top young leaders um, on this continent and one that I, I'm sure you'll hear much, much more about. Uh, you know, starting with this particular episode. So Dintle, I want to welcome you. Uh, good evening uh, to you. How are you doing this evening? I'm all right. How are you? Great I, thanks I, to you. <laughs> yeah, no, great. Thanks. I'm great. Thanks. It's a fantastic Saturday. It's been a bit hot, uh, but unfortunately the rains blessed us a little bit this afternoon. So <laughs> I'm quite happy about that. I'm quite happy about that. So Dintle, without you know, without further ado, I want to dive into it, right? So what we what we typically do is I typically give the guest or the listener, um, sorry, the listener an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. So at the offset, I've obviously introduced you, I've told people what you do, the fantastic work that you do, which you're gonna hear more about. But I want to know, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself uh, in terms of where you were born and where you grew up. Right, okay, um, right. Firstly, I'll say thank you for really having me here. I really appreciate it. Uh, it is a great honor. So um, yeah, you already gave a brief background of who I am. I think um, I'll just dive into a, where I was born. So I'm from Carltonville um, and I grew up there. It's a small mining town in the West Rand. Um, you know, it's surrounded by a few gold mines and yeah, so that's where I grew up. I did my high school there, my primary school, 
Although in high school, I did also move to Free State, you know, uh, in Virginia, a place called Virginia. You know, I studied there as well for a year and went back to Cartonville. And yeah, that's, that's really um, what I've been all about. And yeah. So that's really interesting, right? And, uh, you know, I have, a, I, have a, I have an affinity for, for mining towns. Uh, so I think we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, but tell me, Dinkley, what are you passionate about? Okay, so, right, that's a very interesting question right there. Um, so I'm passionate about teaching and coaching. Um, I really, you know, normally want to enlighten people on certain concepts that I'm really um, you know, sharing knowledge in certain parts. And I'm also passionate about, you know, meditating on scriptures. I do that a lot. And uh, that's one of the things I can say I'm passionate about. I love modeling and I'm currently a mo- modeling, um, you know, for I'm modeling for downtown radio. And yeah, those three, I think they are top of the list, uh, modeling, coaching, or even teaching, if you put it like that, as well as really um, being able to, um I did mention on scriptures, meditating on them, and that—that's—that's that's what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, I love I love those passions. I think it, it really speaks to who you are. Uh, you know, and I look forward to to talking to you a little bit more about some of those um, throughout this particular chat. So, you know, we I want us to talk about you know what you studied. Um, and I'm quite interested to get to understand um, why mining engineering. Right. I get that question a lot. eh? (laughs) Okay. All right. So I would expect that as well to be asked that by you as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm mining engineering. I think uh, I did mention that I'm from Cartonville and uh, growing up in that environment, you know, for me made me to really appreciate mining so much. I know for certain people, you know, they would want to branch into something different from what they've been exposed to. But for me, it was that thing of, you know, I want to do this professionally, but this is how it started. So I wanted to do anything in engineering, but mm-hmm. I really didn't know what exactly. And I remember, you know, I used to study like from the library in my high school. I remember I was there, there was this big book, you know, with all these careers. And I went to the section of, you know, engineering and I went through all the fields of engineering. You know, as I was reading through all those disciplines, I didn't really find any other interesting other than mining. And I think that itself was just born from me growing up in that environment. You know, my, my whole family is in mining. My dad is in mining, my brother, my sisters, my, my uncle. So my immediate family members are really in mining. You know, I'd be that person waking up in the morning and, you know, when you open the window, you see a headgear, you know, it's that kind of environment. So I think, yeah, so it's, it's been that. And I think, yeah, I've been, I've been exposed so much to it that I was like, you know what, I wanna pursue this professionally. Though, like I said, for some people, it could be different to say, no, no, we want something different. But for me, it would be that, and that is why my. So, uh, you know, I find it really interesting, right? It, it's also interesting how much your uh, environment has also, you know, played an influence in that and, you know, where you grew up as well. Uh, that's a super interesting uh, analogy as well. Um, so, you know, speaking as well around exposures and environments and so on, you you did a bit of vacation work uh, whilst in university. I'm quite interested in that. So, so can you speak to me about the value that you gained from doing that vacation work? Right. Okay. So I'll I'll start by saying that um, it does have value. Vacation work has a lot of value, and it gives you exposure 
So imagine being in a class and, for example, in my course pack, and you are taught about the rays, you are taught about the panels, you have to do all these sketches, you have to, you know, do technical drawing, and you have no idea on what you are actually drawing there. Like, you know, sometimes it can be very difficult because you have never been exposed to these things. They speak about traveling ways in class, you're like, oh my gosh, what is this? So the value of that for me was that, you know, getting to the mind and you get to see what you've been sketching there in first year. So it's kind of enlightening. It empowers a lot because you now when you go back to, to varsity or rather after the holidays, you know what you're dealing with, you know what to expect. And uh, so it's that exposure. It's uh, the greatest thing that it has. But I also say that it also gives you, you know, opportunity to network. You know, you get to meet, you know, your seniors in the industry. And that puts you in a very good space as a graduate. You know, I know of someone who, you know, is a currently a uh, senior accountant and it all started in back work. I remember, you know, when she got there, she really did so well during her back work times. You know, she was one of the students who were really doing well. You know, they were committed. You know, she was asking questions. She was, you know, going wherever everyone was going, you know, at the mind. So that in itself put her in a very better you know, position because by the time she graduated and she had to, you know, go back for the interview in that very same company, it was it was easier because, you know, the people have seen her, they've seen her work. Even mm -hmm. when she's been interviewed, at least they have proof, you know, whatever she's saying, they've seen it before. They know the kind of person she was. So that put her in a very better place. And I'd say, yeah, so that work is exposure for me and also networking. You know, you, you meet those great people out there and you're able to advocate for yourself. You know, many a times you cry about jobs. Yes, I do understand that. But also we do have the opportunity, you know, during back work to actually be able to advocate for yourself. Yeah, so yeah. it's that. Yeah, and I think, you know, what you said is, is quite profound. Um, you know, as, as a chemical engineer myself, I can you know, speak to the value of, of having done, you know, some form of fact work. Um, around that exposure and getting to see what you what you call the real thing, right? Getting out there and actually seeing exactly what it is that you do, you know, when you do it in theory in a, in a classroom or in a you know in a lecture hall and so on. So we we started off a little bit a little bit quick and you know we went we dived right into your to your life story. So I'd like us to slow it down <laughs> a little bit. Um, so you know, obviously, as a as a as a mining person, I'm assuming um, you've been underground, um, you know, and and I've been underground twice. It's quite, it's been quite an experience, um, you know. But can you tell us, you know, what is that like being underground? Hmm, very interesting question it is. So <laughs> maybe let me start here. Currently, I'm not going underground because now I'm full time in Clinton. Mm. But I'll speak of when I was still, you know, working at Mponeng Mine. Quite interesting. I loved it. I'll say that, you know. For me, I used to say that mining is adventurous. You know, it's it's a place where you, it, it is exciting. Some people can differ with me, but this is my view. So it is interesting in a sense that, you know, you, you get to see how the, the rock behaves. You know, and sometimes you look at the rock, you just see no difference. Something very, very you know, dull and stuff. But underground, you actually see the rock behaving. There's mm -hmm. some sounds that you will get from there, especially because it was a seismic active 
because I mean, it's very deep, you know, it's a deep level mine. So for me, the interesting part was, you know, the behavior of the rock more than anything and how it would, you know, today you would go assess a certain place, assess a certain panel, and then tomorrow when you go to the same place, things have changed, you know. Now there's different fractures and okay, I didn't see these fractures yesterday, you know, especially when they keep on blasting and all of that, you know, things keep changing, the conditions, they keep changing. So it's that interesting part for me. It's, it's quite, it's quite, it's quite interesting to see, you know, the, the rock, you know, behaving like that. You're like, is this alive or what's, what's mm -hmm. happening? So it's that. So underground, it is, it is, it is quite an interesting place to, to really, to really be in. Yeah, no, look, when I've been underground is, I was visiting, right? So, so I think it's very different if, if you're going there with, with the mining expertise that you do have. Um, you know, for myself, being a processing person, Mosa is you know, very different. <laughs> so I was Mosa trying to see, I was also trying to see what is it that goes on down here, <laughs> you know, for all the material that we do process, you know, try to figure out where it comes from. So I can really say it, it is quite fascinating. So you spoke about um, mining towns and, you know, being born in a mining town, growing up in a mining town. Other than Coltonville, what is your favorite mining town that you visited or stayed in? Right. Okay. For staying, I've only stayed in Coltonville as a mining town. Mm -hmm. But for visiting, I've visited quite a number of them. Um, you know, Dimpopo, in the Rustenbeck, your Kumalanga. I'd say really Rustenbeck, I really loved it, uh, mainly because of, um, from my view, I think it's really not much depending on, you know, the mining side of things, mm -hmm. like Carlton, whereby, you know, you see those towns like also Virginia, for example, whereby, you know, the town is so much dependent on mining, such that when the mines close, the town becomes a ghost town, you know, it becomes uh, like that. But in Rustenburg, I think there's many other things going on other than mining. So I think that's one of the interesting things that I really uh, loved about it, that, you know, even if mines could co close down today, from my view, I think things can still be operational other than, you know, just being all dull and it's a ghost town now. So, yeah, I think it's that. Yeah, 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 I can do, yeah. Rustenburg is quite an interesting place. I think it, it, it really has thrived. Um, so walk me through your typical day. What does is, what is a day in the life of Dintley look like? You know, during the week, for example, let's say it's a random Tuesday. Walk me through it. Well, how does it start? How does it warm up? You know, how does it end? How do you wind down as the day goes along? Right. I did mention that my passion is also in meditating scriptures. So that's how my day would start meditation and uh, you know just being able to to be settled within myself that, mm. that's very important one needs to draw power from somewhere from mm. within or whatever the case may be so that's how my day starts i mean right now at linton we are working mostly on our new strategies and also i'm working on establishing some of the spheres that were not yet operational which are still not yet operational so my day is mostly on research and actually working on you know being able to make ends meet to be able to establish all the other spheres and other new strategies, which I can't really mention at the moment. But yeah, it's mostly research and, you know, drafting reports, submitting staff meetings. But obviously it does depend on what day it is and if I do have a scheduled meeting for that day. But it's mostly research and drafting uh, some reports. Yeah. 
Mm, yeah, it sounds super interesting. And I, I think it is really important. You said, you know, you have to draw your, your power, you know, from somewhere. That's quite a good point. So your entrepreneurship journey, right? So so let's talk about this. I'm I'm really excited to to dive into this with you. Um talk to me about the journey of starting the Linton Consultancy. Where did that where was that born? You know, walk me through it. Right. Okay. So um Linton was born uh firstly I'll start on the year in 2020, last year, during the level five lockdown. That's when it was born. And um, so it all started here in 2019 um, when I got to the mine as an intern. I was working on this other project called Facebook Parallel Preconditioning. And uh, it was a very brief project and it was very interesting. And yeah, so as I was running it, I then had to present the project, right, in 2019. And I remember as I was presenting, you know, one of my colleagues, you know, took a video of me. And yeah, I never posted that video um, in 2019. Only during lockdown, you know, you know, you are there at home, it's all quiet, it's lockdown. So as I was going through LinkedIn, I thought, why not share my video from 2019 here on LinkedIn, right? Then I took 30 seconds of that video and I posted on LinkedIn and yeah, the response was good, you know, from, from online. And that's where I virtually met my co-partner, right? That's where I met my co-partner through that video virtually. And um, yeah, so there was a need, you know, that he, you know, he had, if I put it like that, you know, for the mind back at same. So we decided, okay, no, why not partner? And then see how we can actually run things that side. And also I already had, you know, this passion for, VEC students, I remember when I was still at varsity, mm. people not being able to graduate at some point because of they have not done VEC work, right? And the, of course, the school was working so hard to get everyone a VEC work, but I mean, in a class of 300, 200, you can't get everyone a VEC work, right? So for me, that has always been my mission to be able to assist those students one day, but obviously I didn't know how. So it was one of the things that made me want to jump into this uh, idea of opening a mining consulting company where, where I'll be able to, you know, go back and do what I always wanted to do. But it was also the matter of, you know, we wanted to be a go-to company. That's where recruitment comes in, whereby when a candidate thinks of a job, they think about LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. that is why we have our own database of our candidates from general managers, section managers, we do have in our database, mine overseership bosses, you know, whatever you can name in the mining side of things. So we wanted to be that kind of a company, especially because also Hilton, my co-partner, okay, he's based in the UK. So mm-hmm. already he's been in the business world for a while and he, he does have also this recruitment side of, of things. So we wanted to use the same systems that they have and really replicate them this side in South Africa, hence the recruitment side. And yeah, also the pain that we used to, from my side, seeing how sometimes employers would really go through a lot to get the best candidate, you know? Mm. If my work is not really about recruitment, I always want to focus more on the other things than recruitment. So having to pause, you know, your operations just to go and hunt for the best candidate can always be a pain. So mm. I also want to be able to meet such a need. So LinkedIn was really born from needs that you wanted to meet and also be a go-to company. So yeah, that's how it was born. We registered it and um, yeah, there's many other things that we are working on right now. 
Sounds sounds incredibly exciting. Um, I think it really sounds like you know something which I think you know people would would love to, to get to know more about, and I'm I'm quite keen to dive into the journey into the different aspects of the journey with you. Um, so I mean, let's talk about the start, right? Uh, you you obviously started this business very early on into your career. Um, and we all know that mining is a, is an experienced, valued industry uh, where experience is, is, is highly valued. And, you know, starting a business quite early on into, into a career with, you know, not much experience in the bigger context of the mining industry. I'm quite interested to know what urged you to carry on on the journey to start it. Interesting. Hmm. So passion and vision are everything. I believe when someone has a vision of something, despite which route they can take, they can still attain that actual um, vision that they have. So I had, you know, a few conversations with some people in a senior level, at senior levels. And uh, this is actually what we once discussed about, you know, how people always wanted to start their own thing. You know, you find that those people, they in the high, you know, in the high ranks in the industry, they always wanted to start something, you know, but now with where they are becomes more difficult and explain how. But before I get there, something that I've also realized is that, you know, in schools or growing up from my experience is that we get taught to work for someone else. It's not necessarily work for yourself. There's nothing wrong with working for someone, but mm. also we be able to balance the two and show people that actually you can do whatever you want. You don't only have to be, you know, raised in a manner of you need to work for someone, you need to work for someone, you know. But it, can, it must also be that thing of you can do whatever you want at any stage, right? Right, yeah. So the discussion I had with them was, um, you know, they wanted to start something at an early stage, especially in mining because they are mining engineers. But you find that now, especially with where they are, they can't really go back and start their own mining companies because there'll be a conflict of interest now. So mm -hmm. it's a little late in their career to actually do that now. Yes, if they want to open any other thing, they can still do that, but not specifically mining and the fields that they've studied in, right? Okay. And also it has the matter of salary to say, oh my gosh, now I'm up there and I'm getting this big amount, having to leave that and go start from less than one. You know, it's quite hard, you know, because like, yeah, although yes, perhaps you have some savings, you will do well, but you still need to start from level one. You don't want to be the same as getting salary every month, you know, that big amount. So starting at an early stage, like I am, I don't have to worry about the big salary that I'm leaving behind, or I don't need to worry about the conflict of interest now, you understand? So for me, it's always about, I wanted to give, you know, back to the industry, you know, in the same field, giving back to the industry at a younger age. So I won't have to worry about much of those things. Yes, it requires a lot of experience, but I believe anyone can still grow in whatever route they would have taken. Doesn't mean that now I'm a mining engineer, I can only gain experience in the mines. No, no, I can gain experience anywhere I am. If I've chosen that route, I can still grow in that very same route. You understand that I would have chosen at that time. So it's really that. And also obviously working with the people who are also experienced in the field. You know, Linton can be one year old, but I, I, I tell you it's, yeah, it's, it's like it, it's been there for 30 years, for example, because of the kind of people that are working there. So it's also that you still grow in that as well. So for me, it's that may people have the mindset of you can do anything. You can work for yourself. You can work for someone, but may, may there be a balance. Yeah. Yeah, that's 
That's super. I, I think I think really inspiring words. Then I think I love what you said at the beginning around you know passion. You know being being at the core of that. You know being if you if you're passionate about something that anything is possible. And I really admire your your the way that you've taken on this journey i think it's exceptional and it really speaks to your to your character and to who you are so so you know that's that's a really really something that i'm sure uh, you get told a lot um but you know i think it's something to be proud of as well and tell me your education and professional background is in mining engineering um yeah but obviously, running a business uh, and running a consultancy requires work outside of the actual mining itself, right? Outside of the, the sort of knowledge that you studied for and that you trained for and so on. I'm interested to know, what were the most important skills uh, that you've had to pick up in starting this journey? All right. Very good question. Um so I'll start, start by saying that uh, for, for consulting, uh, mm. most of the skills that are actually required there are stuff that mostly one would have acquired from their cost-peg adversity. Mm. Okay, speaking for myself, right? Because you need stuff like, you know, report writing skills, presentation skills, either in writing, orally, virtually. Those are the kinds of skills you need, conducting research. Those, mm. those are the kind of skills you need. But when you look at them, already you would have acquired from varsity, although I still needed to polish on some points, but one or two most important skills that I had to really acquire for this specific code now, other than what I acquired in varsity, was yeah, conducting interviews, you know, in order to understand the business, you know, with whatever organization that would be my client at that time. You know, you'd need to interview them and understand exactly what business they are in, what the pain is, such that they came to the expert for whatever that they need help with. So it is that also for the recruitment side, I had to really grasp the skills of interviewing candidates as well. And also mostly also the part of being able to, you know, detect issues in the system of the organization. Because sometimes when 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 a client comes, they could be having, you know, challenges with their systems, for example. But truth is, in all the components of that system, there's only one main constraint, you know? But most of the times when you come like, no, it's like you're sick everywhere. You're not sure where the problem is, you know? I'm just sick. I'm just sick everywhere. So, you know, in consulting, you need to be able to have the skill of detecting what the main issue is, investigating on that issue, then give recommendations, you know? be able to report back with solutions, improve their efficiencies. So those are the, some of the skills that I really needed to get, you know, being able to detect the main constraint in the whole system, the, all the components, what the, what's the main constraint in that system such that everything is just crashing. So, yeah, it's that. S- super valuable skills, right? Um, and I, what I love about what you said is that it's something that one can or one does, um, you know, pick up, for example, as in your case, um, in the studies, for example, at university. So actually, the tools are there. Um, it, it speaks back to, as you said earlier, around the passion and, you know, the, the drive and the energy towards, you know, going for that journey. So I think it's, it's super inspirational and profound in terms of what you said. 
So something I'm also quite interested in, sorry. So Dinkley, you are a co-founder um, of the business. Um, let's talk about the benefits and the challenges of starting a business together with somebody else. And I'm sure this is a question that a lot of aspiring or current or future entrepreneurs do have, you know, around the fact that, you know, what are the benefits of having a co-founder? What are the benefits of doing it myself? What are the benefits of that? And I'm quite interested to get your take, you know, based on your experience, based on what you've seen, based on what you've learned. What are the benefits and challenges of, you know, starting a business together with somebody else? Right. Okay. That's a very interesting one. I think given the scriptures, they do enlighten us to say um, one may be overpowered, right? And then two can defend themselves. But a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So what I'm trying to get to is working with someone is always better than doing something alone, right? So for my case, I'll speak mostly of benefits because for challenges, we haven't really been faced with those big challenges where co-partners are fighting and all of that. It's mostly maybe minor misunderstandings that you resolve quickly through a, you know, communication, you know. And uh, so for the benefit is really that, you know, like I said, Hilton has been in the business world for a while now. And me being in the field, sometimes, you know, I get overwhelmed a lot, you know, because I'm still learning as well. Mm. But you find that that person will be like, no, no, when you're faced with that situation, this is how you deal with it. When you're faced with that situation, this is how you, you deal with it. And also in the part of when the business is not doing well, you find that is really the backbone for for the for the business financially as well. So I think those are some of the some of the benefits that I can pick on. Um, it's it's really that support. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and I think you, you've you've touched on. There's some really important core principles, you know, that, that you've referenced in scripture, you know, around firstly working together, um, you know, around the strength of and, and in the strength and unity that there is, you know. And I think that's, that's an extremely valuable lesson for any entrepreneur that, that is listening to this or somebody, you know, who does want to start a business in the future as well. And just around, you know, picking up on, on what you said around support and, and you know, guidance. Quite interested, as, as mentorship, um, played a valuable role in your journey, um, and if it has, um, how you know how has it actually been valuable for you? Right. Um, I'll start by saying mentorship is very important uh, because, especially when you're still growing, you mm. know, from the early stages of your career, sometimes things can be a bit blurry. You might not know which direction to take. So for me, it has been that from the beginning of my career, you know, my mentor, okay, his name is Ronald. Um, he's uh, the VP in Sibanya still water in Rustenburg. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for me, while he was still at Anglo Gold Ashanti, he was able to really guide me into which route to take, right? Although in mining, but production is not for everyone right? The root of production in mine is not for everyone. So you really need to know, you know, but sometimes it's not really, it's not really clear to, to say which, which route am I going to take. So I think mm-hmm. such people like your mentors, they're able to know that you, you are this kind of a person and that's where you can win, you know, and he was able to really direct me in that direction. And yeah, here I am today. And also, yeah, my, my, my spiritual leader, you know, 
Pastor Ebenezer. Sorry for being a bit churchy, but yeah, he's really been yeah um really a great support. You know, I believe I wouldn't be here today. You know, because things you know business is really there's rise, there's a fall, so you really need that support. Someone who can be able to say, okay, okay, we keep moving, we keep moving, don't stop. You know, so he's really been that kind of support for me as well. And yeah, it's really it's really uh, a blessing for me. Yeah, and and I think I I can really attest to the power of 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 mentorship, having you know people that you can lean on for advice and and guidance and counsel, um and I and I think you know I really appreciate you speaking to the value of that, you know really really appreciate that, and I think people would find that quite inspirational to know, um. In terms of a message to aspiring entrepreneurs, um. What is your message to them? Um, and I'll, I'll split this up in three groups, right? So, so those who are perhaps thinking of starting a business, you know, who are entertaining the thought or flirting with the thought of, of starting a business, um, you know, those who, and secondly, you know, those who have started, but are probably in that, you know, no man's land where they haven't quite made it, but they've started it, they're in the middle of that journey. And those who are established as well, particularly in South Africa right now, what is your message to those entrepreneurs? Right, very important. So for those who are still that place where they say, I want to start, I want to start, yeah. I'll say, what are you waiting for? You know, what are you waiting for? <laughs> you must be able to, so business is risky. You mm. must be someone courageous to take risks. Mm. Go for it. Don't wait for anything. What's what's there to wait for? Um, I'll say that you need to empower yourself by 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 actually also going to places like you know workshops that will be able to boost you in whatever way that you're trying to start in. But the most important thing is starting and not waiting. Starting and not waiting. Maybe you're also worried about you know um, financial side of things. Mm. I don't have finances. You know, how do I start? You know, I want to start, but I need this much. But I'll say this to you. You can start somewhere. I know of really great businesses that can really start with only 125 friends. Mm. Want to know you can DM me. I know them. And you can really go big with that from that 125. And then eventually you can start your own thing. But I also say that there are people like investors who are really willing to invest. And I know of those as well. We also want to know. Let me know. And yeah, there are people who are really willing to invest to the right, you know, people who have the greatest visions, people who have the right mindset. So if you want to start, have that plan and 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 network as well, you know, attend workshops, meet the right people, be in the right circles. Sometimes you're not starting because of also the circle you are in, the kind of people you are surrounding yourself with can be pulling you down. So also be careful of that. You know, what kind of, of people am I surrounding myself with? There could also be a reason, but also it can be you because sometimes you're stuck in a comfort zone, you know, come out of it. You know, business requires people who stand, who work and who take risks, you know. Yes. Yeah. And then now for people who um, who started, but, you know, uh, haven't made it. I'll say that, you know, in business, you need to persevere. You need to endure. It won't always be a rise. There'll also be a fall. But don't be stuck in that fall, you know. Don't sit now. Once I've fallen, now I'm gonna be stuck there. No, you need to be able to rise and also, like we spoke of systems earlier, be able to check, assess what is, what is going what is going wrong here. What's the actual issue? Why am I stuck? 
You need mm-hmm. to be able to, to ask yourself such questions. Is it me? Am I lazy? Is it mm-hmm. the people around me? Is it finances? What exactly is the problem? And deal with that problem. You know, don't be stuck. So all I'm saying is there must be progress. Don't be stuck if you have started and you are stuck or you haven't made it. You know, keep moving. Keep moving. That's the important part. You need to persevere. And then for people who have really made it, you know, don't don't say I've made it. We keep growing. Yeah. Don't 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 be stuck in that thing of that mindset of I've made it. And I'll, I'll really speak of also integrity. As someone who has made it, you need you need to have integrity because mm. truth is you, you could have gone up, but the smallest of things can take you down. Absolutely. You need to be honesty. You need to be truthful. You need to really have you know you you need to be a principled someone. You understand? So if you don't have you know principles you can easily fall down because of small things so you need to be that kind of a person who's really principled someone who's really um also willing to raise others don't say i'm up there now so they'll see themselves no no be able to raise other people the more you raise them the more you also go up so yeah it's it's, it's that uh, position of humility more than anything because i tell you what the smallest of things can pull someone down maybe you might not come down but what's the point of you being up there if not being able to raise others so yeah i think it's 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 that and and, and yeah that's that's real gold uh you know excuse the pun based on your 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 background but that is real gold golden advice um i think i think it's really really important for those you know who haven't started to just start like you said um, for those who are you know in between who are trying to establish themselves to keep going to keep persevering um and those who are established you know what it's a journey uh, and you keep you keep climbing i always say that you know once you've climbed one mountain i think i'm not sure who, who said the quote around you know you find i think it's Nelson Mandela said you find that there's more mountains to climb you know and, and actually you can keep going higher each and every single time so i really find that you know quite quite inspirational indeed so talking about impact right um you i would define you as an impactful person uh through the work that you do through the messages that you send out through the, through you know the people that you inspire but talk to me a little bit about how or what do you think um is the impact that a business like yours makes on particularly our ambitious you young professionals in South Africa and beyond right more than anything i'll say inspiration um sometimes all people need is inspiration you know for them to also rise from where they are all they need is inspiration for them to be able to also reveal that star that they are all they need is inspiration so i believe more than anything we are really inspiring also the people like that and also yeah i think more than anything it's, it's inspiration and being able to open opportunities for them as well to be able to you know put something on their table as well yeah yeah love that and from what i've seen I can totally concur <laughs> for what I've seen absolutely and I'm sure people who have you know experienced you know doing business with with Linton I think would, would absolutely concur with that and and finally Dintley uh, you know for people who do want to reach out uh for business inquiries for internships um you know what is the best way for them to reach out to Linton Okay 
It's our website. You can call us, you can email us. So our website is www.lintonconsultancy.com. The tell number 010-300-0887. And then our email address uh, that you can email us on is info at lintonconsultancy.com. Awesome. And I would encourage anybody who is listening to this to to most, you know, to definitely reach out, you know, for any inquiries that they do have, for sure. Dintler, we have come to the end of a very uh, enthralling and exciting conversation. Um, I want to thank you, uh, firstly, for coming on to the show. Um, I want to thank you for being the inspiration that you are, for the example that you set. And I want to thank you for sharing with us, you know, the valuable lessons uh, that you've learned, some of the nuggets of gold, uh, you know, around, uh, you know, the, the the message to our entrepreneurs, the message to our youth in South Africa. And I think, you know, we can all learn something from your story. And I, for one, am excited to see, you know, where you go, the heights to which you will get to with Linton. And I wish you all the best. Um, I want to thank you for coming onto the show, and I hope that you have enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, the interview was was great. <laughs> Fantastic. And to you, the listener uh, from Dintley and myself, we want to thank you for engaging with us. We want to thank you for listening in. Please do share this with your circle. Do share this with your friends. Do share this with your family. Do share this with your friends of friends and your family of friends as well. I believe that they will be inspired, as have you been at this stage of the episode. And I want to thank you. And I hope to see you all soon. Please do subscribe to the platform that you're currently listening on, be it the podcast platforms or the YouTube channel. Please do subscribe and share. And from Dintley and myself, we want to say thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. Hope that you impacted positively and that you found substance and significance. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, please subscribe to this podcast and give it a five-star rating. You can also check out and subscribe to our episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Do head over to our website, impactfulconversations.co.za for more details about the show, as well as to give us any feedback of how you found the show and to send through your questions to our future guests. Thank you to all of you who have listened, subscribed, and given us feedback. It really does mean an incredible deal. But anyway, until the next episode, bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.